everybody. Welcome to the Tuesday edition of the For the Win podcast. I'm Hemel Javeri. Joining me today, we've got two people in the office, Chris Corman and by popular demand, he's back, Nick Schwartz. Nick, welcome back to FTW. Thank you, Hemel. I'm excited to be back. Nick, so, Nick, where have you been? <laughs> uh, I've been you at... You just like, disappeared for a little bit. That's true, guys. Nick used to work for For the Win, and then he was dead to us for about a year, and he has, has resurfaced. Resurrected. Phoenix-like. That's right. Phoenix-like. Back from the ashes of another major media company. <laughs> yes. Which shall not be named. <laughs> which will not be named, but you can Google it and figure out what we're talking about. It's not really about. a major media company anymore. It's a major video company. Yes. Like, it's, a, it's, a, it's a company that's pivoted to video. Pivoted hard. And not podcasting, though. Nope. Uh, we're here to talk about the opening day of the NBA season. Which everybody in this room is pretty stoked about, looking at your faces. <laughs> so excited. <laughs> Nick, what was your what was your post today uh, ranking the best players in NBA? Yes, the, the 30 league? best players in the NBA, according to NBA 2K18. Are there any surprises on that list? Uh, there are some at the top of the list or at the bottom, depending on how you look at it. Uh, where you have players like Nikola Jokic and Hassan Whiteside and some of these younger players uh, cracking the top 30, and then the old people like Carmelo Anthony uh, have dropped off. But How old is Carmelo? Mello. He's, he's older than LeBron, right? Yeah. It was, and uh, LeBron's 32, so he's... He won, they won the national title in 2002? 2003. 2003, so... Well, Nick knows his NBA. And he was a freshman then. So. Well, I'm from Syracuse, so <laughs> I was there for that. But that would do it. Yeah. See, I think he's I 33 or 34. This is, we're just learning. So we're just learning. I know. It's not even about sports. Can it's just, just about Nick. Can we pivot to Nick? We'll just, <laughs> yeah, let's pivot to Nick. We'll just. Biography <laughs> of, of Nick. Yeah, no, he's got to be 34. 30, <clears> probably around yeah. there. And he's definitely an old 34. Yeah. He's Wait, got, what he's is. He's got a lot of shots on him. Yeah, that's, a, that's an old 34. LeBron. I find it hard to believe sometimes that LeBron isn't already, like, 45 years old. He's not so much that he looks old. Well, he's been in our con- – he's been in the media, yes. you know, uh, for – since he was 14, 15. That's what I – yeah, it feels like just longevity-wise, I've heard his name for so long that I can't believe he's only in his mid-30s. Right. Yeah. Wait, who else is on the list? Let's let's get back to Nick's uh, NBA rankings. Uh, All the usual people you would expect. Who's uh, number one? LeBron is number one. LeBron. Mm-hmm. I think that's right. Who's number two, Steph? Uh, no, Kevin Durant Ooh. is number two, and okay. Steph is right behind him. I did not they know They swapped that. places from last year. That KD-Steph Curry dynamic is pretty interesting to me. You mean the Nike versus Under Armour <laughs> fight, or which dynamic? <laughs> I, just them yeah. on the court sharing the ball? Well, just the fact that like technically Steph you know, has to take a back seat, and especially last year, he very much did not want to talk about that question. How have the dynamics changed? That was just like no-go for him in terms of talking about it. Well, I think what's interesting this year is in the NBA Finals, it was very clear that Kevin Durant is the best player for the Warriors. Like, yeah. you, There's not even an argument anymore. Uh, so this year, it, it should just be Kevin Durant and then everybody else. Yeah. You know what's funny, and I didn't ask him about it while he was on this podcast, which was dumb of me, um, but... Uh, Eric Malinowski, who wrote a book about the Golden State Warriors, you know, said that the Warriors went as Steph goes, that he was still like the de facto leader of the team. And I wonder if that I mean, it sounds like that's still true, even though he may not be the best player on the Warriors anymore. Yeah, I think there's a possibility that he's sort of the heart of the team. He's been there longer. He's been with those guys. And and he took them to that to the prominence in the first place. Uh, 
And I'm not sure that KD wants that sort. You know, I mean, he's really a player. You know, he's really a guy who wants to go out and be able to focus on his game. I don't. I'm, I'm not sure that I've ever gotten the sense that he's thinking more along the lines of leadership and, yeah. and bringing the team together. Um, you know, not that he can't, but I mean, he made such a calculated move purely to surround himself with talent. I think you know he's really sort of court focused. That's interesting. Um, we always talk about hockey because that's what I know most about. And I wonder if Alex Ovechkin is actually a player that should not be a captain because he just wants to be a player and might not be really interested in all the other things that a captain has to do. That's certainly a criticism that's been levied of, yeah. you know, against Ovechkin. I, yeah. It would be hard to tell without being in the locker room. but Yeah, I mean, I can't tell for sure, but I just, uh, just watching him. Considering how many times him. he's been to the Eastern Conference Finals, <laughs> I would... There may there may be some merit to that argument, which is zero. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that's okay. I'll get over it. <laughs> uh, so Nick did not want to talk about what's happening in sports today. The other big thing, um, Sam Ponder controversy, which is really kind of blown up uh, our website at the moment. Uh, um, for those of you who might not be aware, but probably are aware. Today, Tuesday, is when ESPN is going to debut the new Barstool show. Sam Ponder, late last night, right? Last night? She tweeted out, like, a statement, you know, about an article that they had wrote about her, which was very um, aggressively uh, anti-Sam Ponder. It used a lot of bad language. And this morning followed up with that with uh, podcast audio of them saying some really, really terrible things about her, which we're not even going to quote on the podcast because if you're interested, you've either read it on the site or you've already seen it. We don't need to repeat those words for you. Um, but it was really, really disturbing. And I know it's a little inside media and it's a little navel gazing, but considering that ESPN is the worldwide leader, like it, it, regardless of whether or not you think they are, they do hold a certain standard. Um so it is, I mean, to me, it's pretty distressing that the ESPN's relationship with Barstool is continuing as is uh, while this drama kind of unfolds. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, the Barstool people are trying to play it like, hey, this has been in the works and this is not, these are two guys who are not, I guess we're talking about Dave Portnoy or whatever. The, yeah, the so founder. and to be clear, it's not um, Big Cat and the other guy, right. PFC commentator. That, that yeah. said the offensive thing. That said the offensive um, thing. Who are but, the guys that have the show? But, you know, Barstool has clearly built a, a sizable portion of its audience by being crass, <laughs> you know, by feeding into this culture. Uh, and, yes, I mean, the, the Harvey Weinstein thing coming out has created yeah. a huge amount of focus on this. I mean, everyone who's on Facebook has seen – women posting the me, me, too, me too hashtag yeah and for espn to not be able to adjust to this at this point to the fact that they are debuting the show that has you know i mean because they're branding it as something barstool yeah. related right <clears throat> it's not like they hired them away and gave them their own espn platform and are totally switching it they are trying to feed off the barstool name uh, i mean it's I, I I can't even find words to describe. I, I mean, it's it's do just you, amazing. Do you think, and I'm looping Nick into this as well, if he wants to answer. Do you think that it's different because everything that's happened with Weinstein and on the heels of Cam Newton, you know, saying that kind of horrible joke to a female reporter in the locker room? You think that's been magnified a little bit? 
the Weinstein thing especially seems to like yeah. rule over right. everything that we've done. And I, I think it should be magnified, right? No, like yeah. We, we know these things now that we didn't know before. I mean, this has obviously been a problem for a long time. Uh, this is something, it's not new. It's not, you know, it's not like we should be treating this like a revelation, but it's in the news. Um, and certainly we, we're just, everyone's talking about it. It's everywhere. Um, so for ESPN to not be able to read that, while they're able to read that Jamel Hill needs to be sat down uh, for saying things that, frankly, did not seem offensive at all. You know, boycott, yeah. boycott advertisers if you, uh, you know, what she said just really mm-hmm. didn't seem to, to cut anything. Whereas this is, I mean, this is absolutely something that ESPN should be dealing with in a different yeah. way than they are. So there's different levels to this, right? There is one which is just the overall offensiveness and crassness of Barstool, which is what they've made their name on, like you said. That is their brand. That is what they does. The other level is ESPN kind of legitimizing it, even if they put the show on late at night and they, you know, like it's like ESPN after dark. Like that still does not take away from... Right. Not at all. It doesn't take away from what's happening. Um, And then the other level of that is uh, that they want to police uh, other people's actions uh, while they're off company time, like Jamil Hill's Twitter, where she, you know, aggressively went after Trump. And the stuff that she got suspended for was not even about the Trump thing. It was just about it was a take on how you can show your displeasure with the um, the Cowboys saying that every player had to stand for the national anthem. Right. So there's a lot of different levels here uh, in terms of hypocrisy. And part of it that concerns me as a woman, <laughs> which is my favorite thing to do <laughs> in sports media, is that you can't you have a lot less respect for a brand that is on one hand going to try to hold up the standard, but then doesn't want you to see uh, the barstool side of it. Right. Like right. kind of wants to try to legitimize that as well. Right. Yeah. That doesn't make much sense. Um, I mean, Luke and I talked a little bit about this last week on, on the podcast mm-hmm. and you know, Jamel Hill is a, columnist you know right so that Jamel Hill was a, a newspaper columnist before she went to ESPN they hired her because she was thoughtful and analytical and had opinions mm-hmm. uh you know for her to continue doing that and to offer as you said you know she's just saying hey if you really want to send a message to the Cowboys about how you feel right boycott the advertisers you know that's that's the way to and for that to be offensive to ESPN but the bar you know so much of what's come out about Barstool to not be well, it's also just surprising to me that, I mean, this isn't a show that they're putting on after PTI and, you know, in the in the prime time slot. If they're afraid to, uh, you know, take a firm stance about something they're putting on ESPN2, you know, right. uh, when yeah. not many people are probably going to be watching. Yeah. Like, what, what's the what's the harm there? Just this isn't something that you've made a gigantic investment in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It doesn't seem like it should be a a hard call to make. But ESPN is losing that coveted demographic of like young bros that watch sports. Right. And that's what Barstool brings. Yeah. I think the issue, I mean, is it that people is it that ESPN is losing, you know, losing people because of what they're doing? Or is it just that we don't need ESPN the way we used to need ESPN? Well, well, that's what I mean. Yes. So that's a better way to say it. Our website does a lot of what ESPN used to do. Yeah. Like you can come to our site, scroll through quickly and you know what's going on in sports. You can just have a good Twitter feed and do that. Yeah. I I just feel like. Well, teams, social media and teams especially have taken away from what ESPN has done. Right. Right. You can get commentary. You can get highlights. You can get analysis all from the perspective of your team. Uh, without having to go to ESPN to get all of that. So, yeah, their audience has been cannibalized just like everything else on television because of digital media. But they want to try to lure some of that back, and that's with Barstool. Right. 
um, which creates a really awkward situation for, you know, women who are going to feel super uncomfortable. Right. Um, and I will say their distinction has been, well, we're doing a show with just these two guys. Uh, and I have not listened to a lot of Barstool podcasts, but... That's a shocker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I got I to gotta brush up on my Barstool podcast. So these podcast. two guys, they, I think I watched one. I think they interviewed Tom Crean after yeah. he'd been fired from Indiana. <clears throat> Uh, so they like go around in a van, right? And they just invite people into the van and talk to them. Is that what we're talking about? Is that, about? is that the actual podcast I or is that, I know that's a TV show. I didn't know if that was, cause that sounds like a sufficiently weird. creepy setup <laughs> yeah, given what we already know about right, Barstool. Yes, so very, yeah. that sounds right. Support for the For the Win podcast comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. They understand that home plays a big role in your life and family. That's why they created Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage gives you the confidence you need when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. It's simple, allowing you to fully understand all the details and be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. Whether you're looking to buy your first home or your 10th, with Rocket Mortgage, you get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. It's convenient. Our trusted partners allow you to share your financial information with Rocket Mortgage at the touch of a button. And in addition to getting a real mortgage approval in minutes, you can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time to make sure you're getting the right solution for you. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Apply simply, understand fully, mortgage confidently. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com FTW. That's rocketmortgage.com FTW. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, nmlsconsumeraccess.org number 3030. Uh, sorry, sorry. I know we kind of dovetailed very quickly from NBA because I wanted to talk about Sam Ponder. Can we um, go back to NBA? Yeah, I would like to go back to NBA. Uh, I, I want to know Nick's thoughts on whether it hurts the league that we have these two teams that everyone's talking about. We're, we're always focused on Cleveland and Golden State. Uh, you know, Michael Jordan, of all people, came out and said it's not good for the league to have only two teams that are good. I mean, what else? What ter- was terribly his... ironic for Michael Jordan yeah. to say that when the Bulls were like the only good <laughs> like team, super for dominant my for the entire eighties. <laughs> yeah. What did what what was his rationale? What did he say? Just that the competitiveness drowns everything else out, or their lack of competitiveness? I think so. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that was the crux of it. Yeah, well, I think it's going to hurt the NBA at different times in the season. I mean, the NBA is interesting in that uh, it's such a player-driven league, and there's so many interesting people and and you know players moving to new teams. Like, there's so many great storylines. But then at the end of the day, none of that really matters because the Warriors are going to win the title. And <laughs> so I, you know, I think everybody will will latch onto the NBA now for the next month or so, and then it'll, it'll probably hit a lull. Uh, at the start of the playoffs, none of that really matters because the Warriors are just going to sweep through the playoffs, uh, and then hopefully LeBron makes the finals interesting. So, like there are periods where the NBA is very, very entertaining, and the, mm-hmm. the competitiveness doesn't really matter. But but then again, you know, eighty percent of the season is, you know, who cares? The Warriors win. <laughs> right. It's funny because uh, fans are so fickle. NFL fans seem upset that the league has so much parity. Like you never know what's going to. Really? In the NFL. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I the sense I get, obviously it's hard to disconnect. Uh, you know, there's a lot of anger from NFL fans about the 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 kneeling during the national anthem and all these other things. But but there's a general like feeling among NFL fans like it's not as good as it used to mm-hmm. be, right? which is just dumb. You know, the league mm-hmm. is is much better than you know. The, That's the, definitely not a criticism you got with the NHL. 
there's I mean parody is a huge thing but there's no criticism about that parody right yeah I mean I mean fans really NFL fans I think they grew up during I mean <clears throat> we there were dynasties there were the Cowboys there were the 49ers uh, before that was the Pittsburgh Steelers and I think they sort of cling to that idea that like they want to know they mm-hmm. want to sort of understand the league and understand who the big teams are and who they're gunning after and now it's you know the Philadelphia Eagles and Kansas City Chiefs are the the two you know, five and one teams that look like they might be the best teams in the league. Um, and it's sort of like jarring for them to not really know yeah. because it's not going to sort out that way. I mean, the Patriots will probably be there in the end. Right. Um, but it seems like they're uncomfortable with that. Whereas with the NBA, you know, you have those two teams that you're gunning for. And I'm, I'm not sure, you know, it's funny that there's some complaints there on that side, but with the, with the NFL has basically achieved like this perfect, idea yeah i mean the falcons had no business making it to the super bowl last year uh and did which shows you know they've sort of hit on this formula to make it really super interesting and it's not like fans are like yes this is what we're waiting for yeah well i think part of the problem with the nba now is just uh like you were talking about how how media has changed and how the media cycle has changed uh you know it's not it's not just that the warriors are great and are going to win every game and and face the Cavs in the finals it's that it feels like 80% of the coverage that you get around NBA is mm-hmm. like Warriors or Cavs centric. Mm-hmm. So it's very easy as a fan then to just get sick of those two teams yeah. and by extension get sick of the NBA. They're so, but the NBA is so personality driven. And I find that amusing. I'll follow, even if I work in sports, right? I follow the NBA as a casual fan. Like, yes, I'm exposed to everything because it's what we do for a living. Right. But outside of that, it's as a casual fan. I'm not, I don't have an NBA draft fantasy team or whatever. But uh, so much content is appealing to people because it's so personality driven, right? It isn't, it isn't even necessarily about the teams. Like we've done a million stories already on LeBron and Dwayne Wade just being best friends. Right. So I can see how there's an oversaturation um, of stuff like that. Who, who are some players this year who, who can sort of rise on that? <laughs> who are some young players who just personality-wise are going to take on a bigger role. I mean, Ben Simmons obviously is going to be playing, supposedly, this year. So I think he'll take some of that on. John Wall has just gotten better and better and better. Uh, but who are some other players that we're going to be focused on, just personality-wise? As they I mean, of... Joel Embiid for always. Right, of course. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I just noticed that ESPN now has a uh, – if you remember when LeBron and – uh, Chris Bosh went to Miami. They did like a heat tracker. Oh right! And then <laughs> when the Warriors super team kind of gelled, they did like the the Golden State tracker. Now they're doing a Lonzo Ball sneaker tracker. Oh god! Where you can see a daily update of what sneakers Lonzo Ball is wearing. Oh wow! So that'll be fun. Yeah. I didn't even make that connection. I wish I wish people could see oh, your crap. face right now. That was like <laughs> this is the limitations of podcasts is that you cannot see Hemel's face. You cannot see my shock. <laughs> I mean, I thought that in terms of digital content that but that not so much like syncing, but that we had it pretty well covered, but that's genius. Like yeah. that's man. The Lonzo Ball thing's so interesting because he himself is not actually that I mean, he's a really sort of like shy kid almost. I mean, so much of the Is the, he? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's kind of plain. Right. He's very plain. <laughs> I mean, Wait, do you mean he's plain personality-wise or that he prefers to stay like out of the limelight? I, I think a little bit of both. I mean, I don't I think that so much of this has been created by his, his, his dad. Yeah, I don't think we would really care about Lonzo Ball as no. a personality if Without his dad Lover. didn't exist. Yeah. Right. I mean, as a player I, he'd be great still. Yeah. Right. But he'd he'd be like um 
I don't know who else is in the draft class. He'd be uh, Markel Fultz. Right. Yeah. I mean, if if yeah, I mean, he's just not like De'Aaron Fox was more interesting. There were mm-hmm. so many other guys in that draft who were more interesting people on their own. If you're just right. if you're just putting them on, up at the podium and asking them questions, I mean, he's a pretty laid back, stoic type of kid. <laughs> well, it's the the cult of personality is definitely cultivated by his dad. Right. And I can't think of Lonzo without Lavar actually. So right. Yeah. And that's a whole tortured relationship that we struggle with when we sure <laughs> when we cover it as well. <laughs> um, I'm actually in favor of two super teams. I think that especially for casual fans, it's great to know who, who to root for. If you are, you know, really deep into the NBA or really just like rooting for the Spurs or something like that, this might be a tough year for you. But for casual fans it, who are kind of going to get exposed to, it's such an easy storyline for them to follow, right? It's such an easy access point into personalities. Like they're going to know LeBron. They're going to know that he's back with Dwayne Wade. They're going to know Steph. And as Corman and I were talking about earlier, there's a better chance that they'll know his wife and be like, oh, that's Aisha Curry's husband, right? <laughs> Which you, I know you don't agree with me on this. <laughs> but uh, from from an outside perspective, uh, it's it's much easier for people that don't really follow that to, to be able to latch onto it and then come in at the tail end and know, okay, I'm going to root for one of these two teams and there's a very good chance that they're going to make it to the final. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it makes for a sort of, as you were saying, an easier narrative. I mean, I think that, that like if you are just a, a regular old fan who watches a little bit, like knowing that there's a super team out there and that's who you're gunning after. And eventually like those super teams are going to get knocked off the pedestal. It's going to happen. You know, LeBron's going to lose his step. Uh, Curry and Durant are going to start fighting. You know, something is going to happen, and then that's. Do you think Curry and Durant are going to start fighting? I don't know. I mean, hopefully. Is that your bold prediction for one bold prediction for the upcoming season? Well, no. If if two teammates start fighting on the court, do they get suspended? (laughs) How does that work? I don't know. Does that happen? I don't. Uh, Steve Kerr would have some sort of mediation. He's a very, he's a very. Yes, yeah. I, very I don't think that would happen. Type of guy. I don't think that would happen. On but the something's gonna happen. You know, they, we we built these teams up, and they're going to fail at some. I mean, it's just it's inevitable that at some point they're. They are, but have we just established this cycle now of the Warriors will fall, and then everybody will go to Toronto with Drake, <laughs> and we'll just have like four years of the Raptors <laughs> winning seventy a year? And oh I, like, I like that actually. Yeah. I like that. Uh, I don't have any bold NBA predictions. That's going to be way out of my league. Um, but if you guys do, please tweet them to us at for the win, or you can leave your comments in the section of iTunes, um, and we'll try to respond as long as you know you guys keep it all civil. Uh, Nick, thanks for hanging out. Corman, thanks for hanging out, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for coming back, Nick. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. Sure. Bye, guys. Bye.